1: Hi, it's Finn Doar from the Irish History Podcast, and this is a staycast from Acast. Please, please, please follow the government's advice right now, which is currently to stay at home where possible. While you're staying at home, I would recommend another great show that's worth checking out. It's Unexplained by Richard MacLean Smith. It's a beautifully produced and gripping show that looks at unusual and sometimes unnerving occurrences from the past and present. It's perfect escapism. Check out Unexplained on the ACAST app, or wherever you get podcasts.
2: Hello, welcome to the Everything is Black and White podcast. I'm Andrew Musgrove, uh, and we're here with Chris Woff and Sean McCormick. It's a few days after the Ipswich defeat of last week, and that's where we're going to start. Uh, Chris, obviously you were down there. Yeah. Just just what went wrong?
0: Well, it wasn't a good day at the office, that's for certain. I think that there was a bit of a mental hangover from the Friday night last-minute goal against Sips, which you could see the players from the start. just It, it just seemed that it did affect them a little bit. And I think that's what injury-time goals can do. If you think about Friday, it wasn't just Newcastle's injury-time goal. Huddersfield, there was also that. There was a four-point swing in added time in the two games on the Friday And Newcastle went from basically being up to suddenly they were in this position where now the pressure was on them a little bit. And the five changes to the team I don't think helped. I can see why Rafa did it. He tends to do it when he has games in a short amount of time, but I don't think it helped. Uh, I don't think the changes he brought in. Most of the season, he's he's had Goufra now wide away from home, decided to play out too. That just didn't work out. The defence looked nervous again, struggled to deal with... Ipswich's physicality knew they were going to be direct Grant Hanley came in to try and deal with that didn't really have a great day as the, the rest of the defence didn't um, John Joe Shelby in midfield the week before Sheffield Wednesday when the rest of his teammates disappeared he was brilliant on Monday it was completely opposite John Joe Shelby every time he got the ball he was looking for the long Hollywood pass and there a few times where he just passed it in the direction of absolutely nobody there was no control No, nobody took Nobody took leadership and responsibility and, and once Ipswich took the lead he thought Newcastle might crumble they managed to get back in the game, got the equaliser another defensive mistake and I just think it was it was a total lack of focus, the hangover from the Friday before. Bernier has talked about the fact that Brighton have been in this position before they have the experience and I think that, that you could tell that And the Newcastle players it is getting to them a little bit and it really really was a poor day at the office and 3-1 really flattered them
2: And do you think it's a case of just being that that performance that Saturday has just been building up over a few a few performances over a few months, maybe you know even since maybe the turn of the year, where they've not been brilliant, they've been grinding out results. I uh, but in the past few weeks, it's not kind of gone that way anymore against Sheffield Wednesday, against obviously uh, Ipswich down Saturday. Do you think it's now just accumulation of it, just it's just coming to an end, really?
0: I, I don't think it's necessarily been the whole of 2017. Yes, they probably haven't played that well in months, but the Leeds game. I think the fact that they played, that was the best performance all round at St James's Park, probably since about December. And I think the fact that they had the sucker punch of the 95th minute equaliser, having put in all the hard work, to concede that goal, and I think that, that that did mentally affect them. Away from home, it's been interesting, because for so long, up until the middle of March, away from home, Newcastle were excellent. Their away form was imperious. They won 13 games away from home, but the last one they won away from home was the middle of March. The last few games away from home, I think Hugh and Clark, as we're going to discuss later on, has been a huge miss. They've missed the control that he brings on the road. The fact that they've lost Isaac Hayden for a few weeks before the last couple of games, I think that also affected them. And for whatever reason, now teams seem to have have worked them out away from home. I think the fact that Dwight Gale's been out as well—that that's the counter-attack. They haven't been able to focus necessarily on that that aspect of the game too much. And I think that. It is. It has just been a long season. A lot of injuries have now affected them and I think it's just a case of it. they just need to crawl over the line now as they are doing. I think they will win a couple of last few games but at the minute they are just crawling. There.
2: And for you, Sean, what has to happen on Monday? Obviously, Gale isn't going to be available so what do you see Benitez doing on Monday against Preston?
1: Well, I think, first of all, he has to start with Daryl Murphy. Um, I mean, obviously, score scored a goal against him which is former club on um on Monday and I think he offers more from the start than Mitrovic I think Mitrovic last Saturday against Sheffield Wednesday he had a good impact from the bench but every time he's had an opportunity from the start he hasn't really grasped it and I think Murphy offers you a bit more hustle and bustle he's got better link up players for midfield he's more of a goal scoring threat if you're going to say, say to someone who would rather have in the box for, for an opportunity at goal he'd rather have Darren Murphy and Alexander Mitrovic so I think Murphy has to start up front um, I personally thought Chancellor Mbemba was hard done by to lose his place on Monday night. I thought since he'd come back in the side, he's been decent. Um, he wasn't so great against Sheffield Wednesday, but not many people were that day. But I thought against Leeds he was very, very good. And I think if anyone was at fault for that last goal, it was the Cells ball watching rather than Mbemba. So I think he was very hard done by to lose his place on Monday. Um, Chris touched on it before. The five chains I think killed were a bit on, on Monday. Yes, you want to see Rapuni airs freshen a little bit, and it's worth a lot this season, but. I think the Leeds performance, obviously, aside from the ending of the game, was our best performance in about three or four months. And to change the team so drastically... I thought The defensive team a as kind well. of a
2: talking point with the two centre-backs. Obviously, Clark has been out, hopefully be back for Monday. But what have you made of the partnership between Member and
1: LaSalle's?
0: Um, I think that at times it's looked all right. Uh, and Bemba, I don't think Mbemba's a left centre-back I found that interesting since he's come back in the team he's played there the majority of the time he's been at Newcastle when he's played well he's actually played at right centre-back and I think that has affected him come back in the team haven't been out for so long I do think overall he has uh, handled himself reasonably well at Sheffield Wednesday it wasn't a great afternoon for him and you can see that when he gets dragged out wide when he gets pulled out of position uh, he can lose discipline and he can sometimes go walkabout with the ball, but the fact that he is a ball-playing centre-half, more so than any other ones that have, I think has benefited them. I don't think him and LaSalle are natural partners together. You can see that they are missing Clark. Um, but the fact is that the, the Rafa has those two as two of his four centre-backs. Handley's also coming in and done a bit of a job. Benitez knew at the start of the season that they were the four centre-backs he had, and bember has been out of the picture for a fairly extended period mainly due to a few issues where Benitez doesn't think he's necessarily been carrying out his specific game plans but he's done reasonably well in recent weeks but I think the clock has been a huge miss there's no doubt about it and one of the interesting topics on social media is
2: if members more suited to the Premier League than he is to the Championship I know we've spoken about it in the office Sean you kind of think it's a bit of a silly argument really
1: yeah, well, I think personally to say that someone isn't good enough for the championship but is good enough for the Premier League like makes no sense. Fair enough. Champions League a bit so the chance of the Champions League. The championship <laughs> is a bit <laughs> is a bit more physical. Um, obviously, it's a lot more Route One than the Premier League. Premier League is a lot more on the on the floor and Mbembe is a good ball playing centre half. So in terms of that aspect, I can see the argument. But and Bemba's down for really this season. We know that he didn't follow Rafa's instruction. Against Wolves and that kind of made him fall out of favour. But Kieran Clark's emergence, no one really saw that coming. Fair enough, yeah, Rafa brought him in this summer, but he was poor at Aston Villa last year. A lot of eyebrows were raised when we brought in Kieran Clark, and I think his emergence, rather than Mbemba's downfall, has been really why he has, he, he has struggled to get in the team this season. Um, as, as we said before, the cells are a lot better when he plays alongside Kieran Clark, and I think that's because Clark brings a calming influence to the back floor that like none of the other defenders do. Um, Clark is very good on the ball he yeah, wins, wins a lot of aerial challenges he's very good on the floor in terms of tackling as well so I think that as we say Kieran Clark's uh, emergence this season has been the main reason why Mbemble struggled rather than the Premier League and Championship argument
2: and if you heard that in the background that is a fire alarm being <laughs> tested so health and safety were all up the scratch uh, I, I think Chris has got a few stats about Clark I mean, just how important is that he's back for these final three games where really they are possibly the most important games of the season because there is a bit of nervousness about I mean, just how important has he been you know, to,
0: to, to the team. Bef- uh, he has been extremely important. Now, just before we get on to whether he'll definitely be back, Rafa says that he has been training but they he will be assessed over the next couple of days. So just in case the team sheet is named on Monday and he's not in there, hopefully he is going to be but just there's just a precautionary tale there. Um, in general, We've all talked about how important he's been, but the stats really do bear it out. In 32 games he's played, Newcastle have won 22, drawn 5, lost 5. That's a win percentage of 68%, just a 15% loss ratio. The 11 games he's missed this season, Newcastle have only won 4, 36%. They've lost 5, which is 45%. Now, obviously Clark's not the only reason why those games have been won and lost. There's other factors in there. Um, But I think it just shows... That one, those stats alone show how important he is and I think you just have to look at the way the defences perform, performed particularly away from him, I think that's where Clark's uh, been most missing is the fact that he brings that experience he's 27, he's played X amount of number of games for Aston Villa, he has all that experience that he brings to the party and he offers that calm and influence alongside themselves and I also think as I said about before about Mbemba not being left footed, Clark is left footed and you then have the balance of a left footed and right footed centre back, now it's it's difficult to stress to someone how important that is until they actually see it. Teams can pinpoint the fact that if you give the ball to Mbemba on his left foot, he's not as comfortable as he is in his right foot. You can actively target someone when they're playing out of position at centre-back in particular because they're going to see so much of the ball at centre-back and they're going to start so many moves. Um, But but I have to be honest, Clark, when he was first signed last summer, I wasn't 100% sure about it. I, I was, like I think a lot of fans and a lot of other I don't really see this one, he struggled for Villa last year but he's been an excellent sign and Benitez obviously identified that he could bring something to the party and I think that he really has been a focal point of why Newcastle have pushed to where they, sh- they are in the league and he's very, very unlucky not to be in the PFA uh, Players Team of the Year. For you Sean,
2: if Clark is fit, is it Clark and Lascelles? Is it Clark? a member? What's, what would be your pick for Monday if Clark is Letting, I
1: think it would have to be Clark and the cells, hasn't it? It's the tried and tested combination. I know we mentioned earlier that <clears throat> the cells possibly has been struggling in his absence, and I said personally that I thought Benbow was lucky not to start against, against Ipswich on Monday. But you look at the cells and Clark. We said earlier that with Miss Clark's kind of common influence there, and we, we, we all believe that Jamal the cells is the better defender when he's playing alongside someone of Clark's quality. He kind of comes into his own, and I think that. We've got into a, this this position on a solid base of the cells and Clark at centre-half, Paul at left-back, De'Andre Edman right-back, and I think once that back-four's back-established, I think we are difficult to score against. Um,
2: Graham, just looking at the rest of the team, you know, John Joe Shelby wasn't really at it against dip switch Is it a case that when he doesn't have a good game, the rest of the team struggle? And what can Benitez do, uh, not only in the next three games, but looking ahead to... You know, to to next to next season to kind of solve that, is you gonna have to bring someone in who can maybe rival, you know, John Joe Shelby's influence in the middle of the park? What
0: what what do you foresee happening? Well, certainly that is the case to a certain degree. I think it's not just the case that that John Joe Shelby necessarily runs the team. I think Matt Ritchie has a big influence on them as well in terms of his positivity and drive, as much as anything else that rubs off on the rest of the players. But in terms of setting up moves, building up rhythm. John Joe Shelby is crucial in that holding midfield role. He was crucial at Sheffield Wednesday when he actually got pushed forward a little bit and Benitez changed the formation as he did at home to Brighton as well and pushed Shelby into a bit more of a free role and I think actually excels in that position more than when he is fully deep. Benitez tried to address this in January and know that he wanted an attacking midfielder and a winger and part of the reason why he wanted that was because he recognised that teams were actively trying to cut John Joe Shelby out of the game and when you cut John Joe Shelby out of the game you really can Nullifying Newcastle to a certain degree, they've found ways to get round it. Without Dwight Gale, it's not necessarily as much of a problem because they can go a little bit more direct. Um, but if Shelby is isn't at the races, then castle are can be a little bit one-dimensional. You, you looked at the likes of Tom Kearney, someone who has excelled in that position, and I think you want a second ball player in there. And one of personally one of the reasons I think Newcastle haven't really looked. Slick at home this season is the number ten position. I think that the four two three one that Rafa plays relies on a very strong number ten, someone who can set up the moves. Difficult to recruit in the Championship. Don't get me wrong, but I think going forward that's a position he needs to address, and a number ten in front of Shelby could really help Newcastle uh, add another chink to the armor.
2: And is it on that then? You know,
0: Sam Dijon. Is it important him coming back in the summer? Do you think could you foresee him? fit into that number 10 rule I think Sam De Jong has a chance of doing so and I think he could certainly be within the squad I think Rafa will look elsewhere De Jong the only issue is you just can't be sure how fit he's going to be Could he, no matter the fact that he has had a very good second half of the season uh, back in the Netherlands you can't yet guarantee he's going to be able to last hopefully what will be a 38 game Premier League season if as we hope Newcastle get there on Monday night or in the next couple of games so I think that there needs to be someone else brought in at least one other attacking player for the number 10 role but I think Dion can be an option there and I think he's proved enough to, to be given another chance and for you
2: Sean, the formation that Benitez plays obviously the one up front the, the, the number 10 just behind the striker does that work for you are you a fan of that uh, obviously Newcastle's second so it's, it, it must be working on one hand but on the other hand are you, do you think the players like Mitovich and Murphy fit well into that role when when Gale isn't about.
1: Well I think that the system's clearly worked because as you say we are seven points clear, Cuddersfield, six points clear, Reading, with three games to go win a stronger position that we can see now that Newcastle are virtually promoted. Um I think the system works better when we're playing with Dwight Gale. I think that the number the, the number ten and the wingers come with a bit more when Gale's in when Gale's in play because he is that fox in the box, he, he is that natural goal scorer, he can find the right positions. And we've seen we've seen that when Gale, Shelby and Richie all play in Newcastle are look unstoppable at times. Um, is obviously with my job in terms of looking at what the fans want the fans are always clamouring for four-four-two. and yes it would be nice to see Newcastle be a bit more positive at home um, but Benitez clearly isn't going to stray away from 4 he's tried and tested for Newcastle this season and um, I think as well, especially when Dwight Gale's not available, that you, you can't go with Dalton Murphy and alexander together they are pretty much the same kind of player um, I feel that you get overcrowded in midfield and that's been a you know, big thing in the Championship that particularly as we've seen before teams do target John Joe Shelby they do try and um, win the midfield battle and um, I think that as I say Rafa Benitez knows that 4 3 one is a tried and tested system and it, it does work and clearly we've got the results from staying with that formation
0: Just, just to further on that I think that sometimes Look, I, I think you could argue that Benitez has been cautious in some home games, doesn't need the two holding midfielders, but I also think when people talk about the four-two-three-one, that's the way the system starts, but as I've already mentioned about when he's moved Chelsea around, it is quite a fluid system. Rafa is someone who always tinkers with tactics within games. He shifts to to four-four-two almost within the game. As If Perez is playing, he almost becomes a second striker. Sometimes it becomes almost three at the back with two wing-backs. He has changed it within matches. So when we talk of the 4-2-3-1 that's the base system which he uses he's flexible from it but he likes the fact that he has that flexibility and he thinks that it covers enough bases. If you look at he always points to the fact that Newcastle have scored more or just about more than anyone else now in the league. Same with goals conceded, almost fewer than anyone else Clearly the balance for him is working in this league and I think in the Premier League, particularly away from home it'll be a system which most teams play and which Newcastle will play again. Fantastic. So Monday's
1: predictions, uh Sean, how do you see it going? Um much- I think Newcastle will win. I think it'll be two two or three 0 I think you've got to look at the way pressing ahead into this game. They had a brilliant run over February and March and they were looking like playoff contenders but they've lost the last three going into going into Monday night and I just think that yes Newcastle has struggled of late but it's coming to that crunch time now and I think that Monday night will be pivotal. Whether or not we seal promotion on Monday night, that depends on Huddersfield and when the results this weekend. But I think that I think Newcastle will win, and they'll win convincingly, and it'll be the, the defining moment in our season. I think Chris. Same question you. how do you see see Monday going?
0: I think Newcastle will win two one. Uh, they've played Preston twice this season. Hammered them six nil uh, in the EFL Cup. Obviously, the sending off helped in that one. Then away from home. Won well, narrowly by that 2-1 margin, Alexander Mitrovic played very well in both games. I think Mitrovic might start again, based on the fact that he has scored against Preston, being successful against him, and I think Newcastle need a response from last Monday. I believe they will get one. I think that we'll see an atmosphere similar to, to Good Friday at St James's Park, when it really was raucous, and I think that'll help them, propel them to what hopefully will be a bit of a promotion party.
2: Fantastic. And, of course, you can follow the, the game live on uh, the Chronicle website on from on Monday. We're yeah, bringing you all the build-up and, obviously, the live action and all the, uh, the reaction to the result where, hopefully, like we say, Newcastle will win and take a step closer to the Premier League. Um, thank you very much for joining us here at the Everything is Black and White podcast. We'll be back next week. This is ACAST Recommends. Every week, we pick one of our favourite shows, and this is one we think you're going to love.
0: Hello, I'm Jeff Lloyd, and I recently had a baby with Ed Miliband. A baby podcast, that is. It's a spin-off of our show, Reasons to be Cheerful. It's called Cheerful Book Club, and it's conversations with some of the best writers working in the world today. You'll really enjoy our chats with people like US broadcasting legend Rachel Maddow, literary giant Ian McEwan, and the big, short and moneyball author Michael Lewis.